Hey, welcome to the Union Podcast. My name is Brian Pugh, and I am the co-founder of the Union, alongside of my wife, Bonnie. And we love to talk about God's design for sexuality, identity, relationships, marriage, all the intricate and heavy and challenging uh, topics of life that are yet so beautiful and, uh, like I said, within God's design. And today, this is episode 26, and I get to sit down with Brittany and Richard De La Mora. They are just some amazing people, some, some of the most kindest people you'll ever meet. And uh, they have a remarkable story of God's redemption, and uh, I'm so excited to share it with you. Brittany, at one time in her life, was heavily involved in the adult film industry and became quite a well-known name and yet encountered Jesus and was able to walk out of that life and find restoration and redemption, and ultimately now has become a uh, quite a voice for the restoring power of God. So I know you're going to love this podcast and you're going to benefit from it. So let's get right to it. You're listening to The Union Podcast. The Union is a movement dedicated to discovering God's design for sexuality his hope for restoration, and the power of our destiny through Jesus. Please enjoy today's podcast. All right, Richard and Brittany De La Mora, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yes, you guys hail from sunny Southern California. How's it going living down there right now? We're blessed. It's like summer in the fall. (laughs) We can't complain. It's 80 degrees. I mean, we get, uh, you know, suntanned in the wintertime. So it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so like we we live, like I said, just about an hour east out of uh, Vancouver, but we're pretty much like Seattle North when it comes to weather. So it just rains all the time and and it's windy. Oh man. But but we're going to be okay. With God's grace, we're going to be okay. Hey, come on, come on. Yeah, so we're honestly, I'm so glad that you guys were able to do this podcast with us today. Your story and just really your passion and and boldness for God's design for purity um, and sexuality is just so refreshing and so encouraging. And I know all of our listeners are going to benefit from it. But one of the things we love to do here on the podcast is just a random question. All right, yeah. so this is because we we tend to talk about some heavier topics, so we love to have just a little icebreaker. Because laughter is good. For, laughter is good medicine, right? It's good for hey, the souls. Yes. Come on. So back when we could just travel freely before all the COVID craziness and nonsense and restrictions and stuff, what was your go-to road trip gas station snack? Oh, oh. That's a good one. Okay, I like that. I, I I always go for the Cliff Bar with the uh, mine yes. is like the. It's the oatmeal, raisin, and walnut cliff bar. Come on. That's my favorite one. Awesome. For me, for me, I have two of them. Um, I would probably say I need my salsa verde Doritos. It's a random <laughs> yes. name that is. I don't know why. I just love those. And I'm big on Sour Patch Kids. Can you tell oh, who dude. the junk food junkie is? <laughs> yes. That's pretty telling. Yeah. 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 So bad. Also, too, red vines. I mean, they don't have Sour Patch Kids. I got to throw the red vines in there. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. With with Halloween that just kind of coming and going, we've got a bunch of candy still in our house and those Sour Patch Kids 
dude, those things are deadly, man. They're the best. I love them. Before you know it, you're like 10 bags deep, dude. It's like so bad. Yeah, right? With the cut-up tongue. Still loving them. All right. So here, here's number two. Since there's two of you, normally we just do like one-on-one podcasts, but since there's two of you, we're going to do two questions. So cool. this, this could go some crazy places, all right? And there's there's no shame in this question, all right? So yeah. what's, what's the strangest place you've ever fallen asleep? Oh, man. The strangest? Yeah. Um, where would, oh, man. What would be someone random that I just fell asleep on? I mean. I mean, man, if you're talking BC days, <laughs> the yeah. before Jesus days. Yeah. <laughs> it, all, it all plays in. That's all good. Oh my goodness. Where would you? Um, you know what? I don't know if it's like okay, I got one. It's right, a random place, but okay. I remember this one time I fell asleep in an inner tube on the lake. And here's here, I know it might be like, okay, it's random, right? But yeah. here's what's really random. I forgot to tie a rope on the inner tube. <laughs> that sounds like you. No way. So I was enjoying my sleep so much that I drifted off super far away from the shore. And it was far. And I could hear my parents saying, Richard, wake up. And it's in the lake because, you know, lake, there's, there's no salt in the water. So it's oh, a lot yeah. heavier. So I woke up, what, what, where am I? And I'm way out there. I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. And I got up and I just like swam all the way back to the shore. It was, it was so tiring. But um, that was probably like a real random one that oh, yeah. I was just way out there in like the middle of the lake. All because I did not tie a rope on my inner tube. So oh, wow. I don't know. I'm thinking for me, I would just say like I've had to fall asleep on like um airport floors, you know, when yes. you when you miss Yeah, the airport floors are yeah, we at airports. Travel is yeah. so glamorous, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Yeah. Well, I, I was I had to laugh because this triggered a memory for me when I was in grade twelve. I went to uh the UK on a on a rugby uh, rugby tour. And we had to take this ferry from Wales to Ireland. And I had heard that it was like, just like super rough water. And I asked one of my teammates, I'm like, Hey, do you have any gravel or like that motion sickness medicine and stuff? And so like the dose was supposed to be just one. And I took two and I completely just knocked me out. And I just found like, I walked up the set of stairs off of the bus and just got up into kind of the main area and I'm like, Oh, I'm just going to sit down here. And I soon, soon enough, I fell asleep. Well, I wake up about an hour and a half later and I realized that this stairwell is like the main entry for the entire ferry. And oh he, no. And I'm like, I'm like mouth open wide, drooling, <laughs> ugly sleeping. Oh, the whole ferry crew, just like hundreds of people saw me on this, on this seat. Oh so, man. Yeah. So dude, I, <laughs> I woke up and it was like, you know how like you have those really deep sleeps and it's like your hair continues on with yeah. the plane of the, the pillow or whatever you're sleeping on and you got indents on your face. Dude, it was a oh, rough. Yeah. So that's that's the craziest spot for me. So I just thought I'd throw that in. <laughs> yeah, that one's pretty crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys lead an organization called Triple X Church. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with that, why don't you tell us a little bit about the vision and, and heart of Triple X Church? 
Yeah. So Triple um, X Church is an online and an evangelical ministry. And so um, through the ministry, we help people get set free from their addictions to pornography. But then through the outreach portion, um, we also go out to porn conventions and strip clubs, and we hand out Bibles and minister the gospel to uh, performers and consumers alike. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. And you also just recently started a, a ministry called Love Always. Yes, we did. So we're focusing in with Love Always is really a purity-based ministry, helping people walk in their calling by discovering God's love through and leading through purity. Um, because we believe that, that you know, Porn is the fruit, but there's always a deeper root. And so oftentimes, if you could just guard the condition of your heart and get it to a place of purity, everything else is going to flow from that. And you're not even going to desire to watch porn when your heart's been purified um, amongst so many other things. So mm -hmm. That's amazing. And so amongst just being a married couple, being pastors, being ministry leaders, um, you also just recently had a little girl. Yeah. Yeah. So how I mean, old is she? Too recent. She's 15 months old. Oh, so. Okay. Jada Rose. Yeah. Jada Rose. Jada. What a sweetheart. Yeah, she's, she's the such best. A cutie. That's amazing. And I saw too. You guys have a 14 day marriage challenge booklet. Why don't you tell or book? Why don't you tell us about uh, that project? Yeah, it's called Fresh Fire. It's a 14 day devotional. You know, we often hear people say, um, you know, like. It's just the honeymoon phase is where, you know, is like the best time in our marriage. And our marriage, you know, it can't be fresh and on fire like it was back then. But we like to challenge that and say it could be, mm -hmm. you know. So we want to challenge people to, to have a marriage that's fresh and on fire. Wow. Where we look at each other with love and with grace and humility. Where we start to ignite each other in every area of our lives. So we wrote this devotional really to challenge the people so their marriage will be fresh and on fire. And I believe, we believe more than ever that we just don't need common marriages. We need anointed marriages. We need marriages to help, um, you know, glorify God, but also to help people. And I believe more than ever that God put this on our heart, stir marriages up, stir, stir couples up, stir newlyweds up so that they understand that their marriage could be fresh and on fire always when God is in the center of their relationship. Oh, come on. That sounds amazing, man. We're going to definitely put a, a link to that uh, in our show notes so people can get their hands on that. That's, that sounds amazing. Yeah, so thank good. you. So before all this began, before Triple X Church, Love Always, before the De La Mora family united and came together, uh, Brittany, you weren't always leading this ministry. Tell us, um, tell us how you ended up getting into the porn industry. Um, I got into the porn industry when I was 18 years old. Basically, uh, you know, I had gone through a series of heartbreak and rejection growing up as a child. And um, I was just looking for love in all the wrong places. And the porn industry basically had their arms open to me. And, you know, I was before getting in, I remember two producers telling me, we love you, you are going to be a star this is your destiny. And so they were saying all the right things. And oftentimes what you don't get in the at home, you'll look for in the outside world. And something that I was deprived of growing up was affirmation. I never once heard I'm proud of you. 
you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm grateful to be your parent. Like I just never had any sort of affirmation growing up. And so for me, I was just searching for that. And so when they offered all that, I'm like, wow, this is so great. You know, these people really love me. I was confused. So anyways, I was in the adult film industry for seven years um, before I encountered Jesus and, and he radically transformed my life. Wow. Wow. What was that progression like? Because did you just go kind of like right into pornography or were, what were you involved in? Like, what was that process to make that next step? So uh, in high school, I had gotten cheated on by a guy mm. um, and it literally crushed my heart. And so I had some friends that were like, well, let's just go to Mexico. And so I'm 16 years old, blonde hair, braces. It's the first time that I ever remember getting drunk. And uh, we went to a night at at a nightclub. And so I went out to go get some food and across the way, I saw another club and I was like, oh, I'm going to go over here. And uh, I tell the the bouncers are like, oh, no, you can't come in here. And I'm like, I just want to dance. And they're like, oh, you want to dance? I think they thought that I knew that this club was going to was a strip club. So the moment I said, I just want to dance, they, they brought me in, they lined me up behind like maybe four or five other girls. And they said, okay, go ahead and dance. And I'm just honestly had liquid courage. And I just kind of followed what the other girls were doing. And so here I am at 16, you know, taking my top off for money. But that's where that uh, initial seed was planted when I was in that strip club, because there were men and women in there. And they were telling me the same thing you're beautiful. We love you. And so that day I learned that if you take your clothes off, not only are people going to give you money, but you're also going to be affirmed. And this is where you're going to find what I thought was love. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, I've, I've heard somebody say once that, that often the heart of a woman will do things they, they didn't want to do and become somebody they didn't want to be in order to get the love that they've always wanted. Wow, that's, that's good. Really that's so quote. good. That's so and, good. And I and I think that that's that's just a great example of that. Now, like, what was without I, again? Like, I don't want to pry it too too deep, but but here we are. Um, yeah. like, what what was the home atmosphere like? Because I I know I've heard you say that you know your relationship with your mom wasn't super strong, but what was the type of relationships that you had with with men in your in your life in your family? Was there a strong male? Uh, figure in your life? What was that like? Um, No, not necessarily. I had my dad was there. He was in my life. um, But he was more uh, of like a friend. So he loved me the best way that he knew how but you know, I mean, I could get away with murder and he would have had my back. You know, he was just that type of person that, you know, whatever I wanted, I could have and um, there were was really no discipline, no order, no leadership. And so it's funny, because I I look back to, um, you know, just the types of men that I dated. And they were always like the, the tough, you know, gangster type guys. And I think that when I look back, it's because I was looking for a man that could protect me. Um, and that's what I thought where I thought I would get that from. So it definitely infiltrated uh, my dating life because of what I didn't have at home. Yeah. Wow. So you, you go from from dancing in Mexico and you actually found a lot of success by the the porn industry standards and became quite a well-known name. Now, um, and then then you have this radical encounter with Jesus. Um, I guess maybe before we get to that part, you know, I think there's a lot of 
um, talk around the porn industry and, um, and there's some people out there that would say, well, actually porn isn't actually that damaging and, and porn, uh, the porn industry really isn't actually that, that damaging to people, the people who are there, they always wanted, they want to do it and they're there by their own will. What could you say to that person from your own experience of being right in the industry and actually being very well known in the industry? Well, so for the first, when I first did get in the industry, it was something that, you know, my naive 18 year old self thought was a great idea. You know, I think that all of us at one point uh, make some decisions that we think are great at the time. And then we later regret those decisions. So within a year of being in that industry, I was a full blown drug addict, cocaine addict um, on pills. And I couldn't perform a scene without using drugs because it is really truly such a soul sucking industry. And even though I wanted to leave the industry after a year, I battled with all of these thoughts of fear. Well, nobody's ever going to hire me because of what I've done. I'll never find a normal job. And so um, I put myself in this box and thought like, this is like, I, I've made my bed and now I have to lie in it. You know, I'm never going to find love and, um, and so forth. So I ended up just trying to suck it up and stay in that industry. And the thing is in the industry is that everybody is great at performing and we all pretend like everything in our life is going perfectly. We all put a smile on our face. And so all of us are suffering silently. You know, some of the women that when I was in that industry that I thought were so happy, you know, I'm now friends with and I, and I talk to now and they just are talking about their drug addictions and their misery um, because they feel safe sharing those things with me. And so, um, yeah, it's definitely, you may enter it by choice, but oftentimes you don't stay because you want to, you stay because you feel like there's nothing else out there for you. Um, and then I had quit the industry after three years and ended up, uh, going to church, receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And then, you know, the enemy wasn't happy about my decision and sent another man in my life who happened to be a pimp. And so for the last like three, three and a half years that I was in the industry, I wasn't necessarily there by choice. I mean, every penny that I was making was going to a pimp. So then you also have those instances as well, where there's women that are just being forced to be in there as well. Wow. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, now, now here, so you're, you're kind of right in the peak, I guess, of your career. And yet there's this battle going on for, for your heart, really. The Lord is, is working, is drawing you with his love, is, is, is trying to woo you to use that, that statement, is trying to draw you into to his love. And yet there's this battle going on and, and it kind of culminates um, on this, this flight to your, I guess you're flying out somewhere to go do your last show. Um, or go do another show, I guess, another another scene, and you're reading your Bible, and why don't you tell us what happens? Yeah, so um, before I left for the airport, I had started reading my Bible after I had originally given my life to the Lord, and um, I really started to develop a sensitivity to God's voice, and I could feel and hear when he was speaking to me. I just knew when he was speaking. And so before I left for the airport, the Holy Spirit said, bring your Bible. And so mm -hmm. as I get on the airplane, um, Holy Spirit reminds me to bring to read my Bible. And as I start reading it, it's Revelation chapter 2, verse 20 through 23. And it says that I have this thing against you. You tolerate the that woman named Jezebel. She leads my people into sexual immorality and I've given her time to repent. And if she doesn't repent, I'll cast her and her children into a sickbed. 
And in that moment, I just started crying because I had no idea that, you know, what I was doing was not only harmful to people and to marriages, but it was harmful to God's heart. Like what Mm. I was doing was breaking God's heart and the Holy Spirit's so good. I know that's such a harsh scripture to read when you're on your way to film a porn scene, but the Holy Spirit brought so much grace and just reminded me, so Brittany, this isn't the life that I have for you. And if you would just quit the porn industry today, I would, I would bless your life with your life would overflow with so much peace and so much joy. And I would bless your life like no man ever could. And so that day I went to Sat and I told everybody about Jesus. I gave them the same word he gave me. (laughs) And uh, they were just like, okay, whatever. This girl's crazy. I told them this is going to be the last time you'll ever see me. You know, I said, I'm quitting the porn industry today. And so I did that. Wow. So tell us more about what that response was like. You go on set and I guess that was be like the last thing that they would expect to hear going to set that day. So the funny thing is, is that after I originally gave my life to the Lord, uh, the funny thing is I had went and got back. The pimp took me to get baptized. Surprisingly, he was a backslidden Christian. And um, the pastor was preaching that day. And he said that he had a word for somebody. And it was to this guy, he told this guy that he was going to be this, uh, you know, famous, well-known basketball player. And that in every interview he did, that it was his mandate to talk about the Lord. Well, let me tell you, here I am in the porn industry and I received that word as though it were my own. So every, like, you'll hear me on Howard Stern talking about Jesus and on behind the scenes footage of porn movies talking about Jesus. So even though, like when I went to set, it wasn't that far off because they were like, well, this girl's been talking about Jesus for the last three years. So (laughs) they knew they were going to get some kind of God talk from me, but I don't think it was like, hey, we should all quit today. Like, like yeah. God has a better life for all of us and he'll bless our lives like no man ever quits. So let's all just quit. So <laughs> it was kind of like, wait, what? Now she's telling us to quit. Okay, that's different. Oh, man. Oh, I love it. That's that's a wild story. But I'm man, I'm so thankful that God got a hold of your heart, man. That's Me just so too. amazing. So amazing. So so you you end up going to church and you your your life is just touched by the presence of God. What was it? What was it about now? Obviously the presence of God is one thing that you just cannot, you can just not get away from. That's, that's like, uh, that's the deal. The deal maker right there is the presence of God. But what was it about that church culture that made you feel like, Hey, I, I belong here or what, or was, was there wrestling going on? Like, Hey, am I loved here? Do I have a, do I have a place here? No. So the way that our church has always worked uh, pre COVID is that, I mean, I swear we would have like, probably 10, 15 greeters, like as you're walking in so many people, Hey, welcome. It's so good to see you. How are you? So I always felt loved and embraced, but really what, what drew me in was really just the presence of God. It really truly was because I mean, I was going to, at that, at that very point, I was going to two different churches because I started dating a guy that took me to the, to both of those churches. And I would tell him, you know what? I just don't feel it here. I, I want to go to this church. You know, this is the church I feel like I'm supposed to go to. So it was, it was just God's presence was just so heavy. I remember telling uh, um, a guy that lead, led a life group there. I was just like, Hey, I don't know what it is, but when I come into this church, I just get goosebumps all over me. It's so weird. And he started laughing and he's like, that's the presence of God. And I'm like, Oh, 
you know? So, I mean, I, it was all new to me. So, um, but yeah, that's what really drew me in. I did have some, like a little bit of shame of like not wanting to tell people what I had done, but that was my own internal battle. It wasn't that anybody made me feel that way. Everybody was really loving and really embracing. Wow. That's awesome. And that's actually like our heart's desire. The union is to help the churches help churches be a safe atmosphere for restoration for people with sexual brokenness. So that's, that's, uh, that's so great. So great to hear. So Richard, you tell me about the first time you met Brittany. Yeah. The first time I met my wife was in our young adults ministry. I was leading our young adults ministry and, um, she happened to be in there. So it was cool. I got to say hi to her. Um, didn't really know about her past or anything like that. But from there, I noticed that she came back again. And it was cool. She came back with her friend. And um, yeah, eventually she got involved with the young adult ministry. So it was really cool. That's amazing. It's amazing. So how did you guys start your relationship? Yeah. Okay. That's a good story. Well, I preached a message about relationships, right? And um, she was dating a guy at the time. And I told, I think the audience, I was speaking to the crowd, to the women. I said, women, if the man that you're dating is not treating you like a woman of God, you need to tell him to step up or step out. Come Show on. him the exit sign because I truly believe that God has a, a God-ordained man for your life who is going to value you, respect you, and love you for the woman that God has created for you to be. Well, anyways, when I said that, I saw Brittany the next day at um, Starbucks and... Um, she was like, oh my gosh, Richard, that was such an incredible message. And I was like, man, she's like, you know what? It really convicted me. And you know what I did? I said, well, what'd you do? And she's like, I ended up um, leaving my boyfriend and I ended up just dumping him because I just realized that this guy wasn't treating me like a woman of God. And I was like, oh, that's, that's awesome. But then... <laughs> no, you look so sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was perplexed, but in my mind, I'm like, okay, that's awesome that you listened to the word. But I'm yeah. like, okay. And then... um. <laughs> Somebody else said the same thing as well. So it was awkward because I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want you know these guys to come off, go off on me. Like, yeah. what did you say in that service? And I was just putting what God put on my heart. Anyways, from there, I was dating a girl at the time. So I wasn't really interested in Brittany. I had my eyes on an, another woman. But um, that relationship ended up um, not working out. So I was just... Um, you know, just doing ministry and Brittany got involved in our young adult ministry. So months would go by, we were just friends and friends and months would go by, we were friends. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, I just, you know, I had, a, I had, I, you know, I had an interest in her. So we ended up just talking and uh, we went out for our first little date. I believe it was what, like a movie? Yeah. Movie. Fault in Our Stars or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Fault in as a sad movie. Um, <laughs> but um. And it just started from there. But um, yeah, that's how it kind of like cultivated. Wow. Wow. So you may have to correct me if I'm wrong, but there's this one day that Brittany is actually sharing her testimony in front of the church. Uh-huh. And was it, was it your parents were there? Yeah. yeah, they were there. Yeah, that was a good one. Well, and the funny thing with that we story goes, yeah, we weren't dating yet. Oh, but crazy. my thought was like, okay, I'm going to make this official how do I tell my parents that uh, the girl that I want to be with is an ex porn star? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of an awkward conversation. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she's an ex porn star, you know? And I was like, God, like help me with this one because like, you know, my mom, I I don't know how my mom and dad are going to receive this. Well, anyways, long story short, 
um, they still happened to be down here in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And that weekend they came to church and Brittany was actually sharing her testimony. Come on. So I was like, glory to God, this might ease my conversation a little bit. Yeah. Well, anyways, after Brittany shared her story, my mom was so moved by her story. She's like, Richard, I like that girl. Like, oh man, if God could work through her, God could work through anybody. She is a great portrait of grace and how God is so graceful and merciful to us. Oh, what an incredible woman. And I'm like, boom, that's all I needed to hear, Lord. You gave me a wide open lane (laughs) so I could talk to them too about Brittany. So um, God is so good because even in our hardest conversations, he knows how to get that handled. So I'm just very grateful about that. Totally. That's that's how you know, that's that's how you know the Lord loves Richard right there. He's on your side. Thank you, Lord. He's going to, if he can get mom on your side, it's, it's looking good. Yeah, it's, yeah, like it's a wrap. And you know what the crazy thing is, Brian, is that my parents are, that my mom is pretty, actually, my dad's good, but my mom's pretty cutthroat, you know? Right. <laughs> like she just, her intuition is on a whole nother level. And like, she'll be like, yeah, I like her. She's cool. And I'm like, okay. But with Brittany, she's like, nah, she's a really good woman. That's a great girl. And I'm like, seriously, with her past and all, great woman. Great woman. I'm like, gosh, God, you are so good. <laughs> yeah, come on. Come on. That's awesome. So you guys, obviously, you guys you get the green light from mom, your relationship starting. How did how did that start to take shape to start to discuss, you know, Brittany's past? What did that look like? Yeah, well, when we became official, um, you know, that was a thought that was rendering in my mind. And I remember mm-hmm. this. Uh, one week, you know, it was just been heavy on my heart. And I'm like, you know what? If we're going to really, you know, make this official and get going with this, you know, relationship, like we need to have a conversation about her past. Mm-hmm. And I was praying about it that week. And, you know, I figured, okay, you know what? We're hanging out on Saturday. I think it was the weekend we were hanging out. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to just ask her and just go for it, you know? So it's that. Saturday morning, we're hanging out. We had breakfast. We take a walk on the beach. And I just asked her that question. I said, you know, I know this is kind of a a tough conversation to have, but I just need to talk about it with you just so, you know, this could help our relationship and it will be beneficial for, you know, our relationship and, um, and what God wants to do with us. And she's like, well, what's that? I was like, well, you know, I'm gonna just throw it out there. But I was wondering, like, how many movies did you do? And mm. how many magazines have you been in? And is there anything that I need to know about your past that might come up uh, in the future? Wow. And I remember my wife, I think it was a bit awkward for her. Was it awkward for you? Very. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> awkward moment. I was like, oh gosh, the Bible says not to lie, but God, yeah. this is like, this is really hard because he's yeah. got a pretty clean, you know, testimony clean pass you know it's not anywhere near where mine is so (laughs) did did it bring a little fear in you like yeah like like, oh if i say the wrong thing this guy might leave me well yeah so (laughs) uh, yeah no absolutely and actually some of the things i would like peel back in layers to be really Mm -hmm. honest so totally yeah (laughs) you know um but yeah there were every single time because it was like every time we would go out on a date it was like more questions more Mm -hmm. questions and so i just learn to just pray and ask God to grace his heart. 
Um, I had also reached out to a friend of mine, Rachel, who's a triple X church. And I was just like, Hey, like, I don't want to lose this guy. I don't know what's going on, but you know, he keeps asking me these questions and I'm nervous that, you know, it's gonna, he's gonna, you know, end up breaking up with me. He's not going to be able to handle it. But you know what? She just reminded me that if you're afraid to lose something that you should never even have it to begin with. And, you know, to just keep an open hand with everything that, you know, the Lord gives and the Lord takes. And so Mm -hmm. there's times when, you know, you just have to be okay with maybe losing that person because God is just more important in our lives. Wow. Wow. So was that like that type of disclosure and conversation, did that actually bring like a level of healing for you or, or was like, have you actually, had you walked through a lot of that um, prior to those conversations or what, kind of what was going on there? Um, oh yeah. So one thing that I did when I first became a Christian was I took a year off of dating. Um, and then Rich and I didn't even start dating at a year. Like it was still another eight, eight or so months after that. So during that time, I spent a lot of time um, with the Lord every single day. I worship, pray, read the Bible. Um, And then I also did a lot of fasting during that time. And God had really, really healed my heart. Like I have never felt more free. Um, He helped me to forgive every single person that had ever hurt me. And so in talking about my story, it wasn't so much, I mean, yeah, there was definitely a small element of a little shame and fear, but it wasn't necessarily because, you know, I was open with the fact that I was a porn star, but I had never actually gone into detail and things that I shared with him, I wouldn't actually ever share in um, a public place just because of the type of, of my past and my testimony. I'd never want to lead somebody into sin, but like he was going to be my husband and he needed to know everything so that, you know, like people wouldn't come up to him later on and be like, Hey, did you know she did this and that? It's like, well, yeah, she already told me. I didn't want there to be any surprises in marriage. Yeah. That's so good. Man, it takes so much boldness, but it's so worth it. Right. Just to get, get rid of the secrets, get rid of the um, hidden areas of our life, just no secrets, right? Yeah, no, it, it honestly, it helped both of us. I know it healed her, but you know, it, it helped me a lot too. I, cause I truly believe that, you know, sometimes our greatest battles are these silent questions that we have in our mind. And when we had that conversation, it was so alleviating. Like I don't think the grace of God was so on our lives. And I felt like saying this to Brittany, that's it. Like, that's it. Yeah, but it's 300 movies. Oh, cool. That's it. Like, is there anything else that I need to know? And just like God's grace and comforting us and comforting me. Oh, it was such a great process. And in all honesty, those questions I know are hard, but sometimes the hardest questions lead to the greatest breakthroughs. And I just believe more than ever, we cannot allow the fear of our past stop us from asking those questions because sometimes we are like one conversation away from a breakthrough. And after we had that conversation, I am telling you, Brian, our relationship just skyrocketed and went to another level. Seriously, because whenever the enemy tried to throw stuff at us, try to throw stuff against us, it was like laughing moments. I'm like, okay, cool. Is that all? Is that all you got? Like, I already know that. Like, come on, tell us something that we don't know. (laughs) That's remarkable, man. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so you guys get married and, and you're running this race now together. Um, 
I guess my next set of questions is kind of like, how did your perspective on sex change or what did you guys do to really begin to, to see uh, God's design for sexuality through, through the lens of beauty that he always intended it to be in? Because um, I think for a lot of people just that we've encountered and that we've, we've tried to help, um, they, they find healing from past abuse or past trauma and they get married and, and they love Jesus and they're, and they're walking forward, but there's still this kind of um, tainted view towards sexuality that it's meant to be endured, but not enjoyed. How, how did that start to take a different shape to start to see uh, sexuality through God's lens of, of beauty? Yeah, for me, I would say that that's where, you know, having that relationship with the Lord and really receiving healing, like total and complete healing, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And so he gave me freedom from all of that. Like, I could you not like a moment of transparency, like it was as though I'd never done porn. Like I was like, so nervous. I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, it's our wedding night. It's the big day. And I was like talking to my girlfriends, like, I'm so nervous. (laughs) So it's the Lord really healed me and restored me. And I didn't go into it as though, you know, I have all these tricks in my bag. It was like a brand new experience for me. Um, And that's the, that's the restoration of God is that whether it's sexual abuse or, you know, a bad breakup, like the Lord will restore you back to a place before you ever even knew what pain was, where you're like that two-year-old innocent child that's so full of faith and so full of purity and so full of innocence. That's what God's restoration looks like, is he actually takes you back to that place where you forget the trauma, you forget the pain. It's like, you can tap into it to go and minister and help other people. But it's not the it's this heavy burden or weight on you anymore. It's almost like you're so far like I'm so far detached from that my former self, it doesn't even sometimes I have to sit and I and I think because I want to bring glory to God. And I'm like, wow, God, like that was really my life. Like that is insane. Yeah. One of the one of the things I love to say is that that healing looks like God separating your history from your heart. Oh, that's a good word. And uh, and I think too, like a lot of times we have this perspective on sexual purity that it's like the spotless, you know, list or history or, or story, but, but purity is more about the direction and the, uh, the passion within your heart. Like, what are you really living for? And, and mm-hmm. I think the, like the passion and direction of your heart is, is really what defines purity. And so that's what I think is just so amazing that that's so, that's so powerful. Um, just to hear that. That's so, so awesome. Now, now, as I, um, as I think about like the reality that like you were in the industry for, for quite, for quite some time. And, and I don't, I obviously, I don't know the amount of videos that you've, you've done that you and Richard had talked about, but now how do you guys navigate the fact that, you know, thanks to the internet and so much of that is still there. Like, do you guys ever come, come across that? And is that ever kind of thrown in your face? And how do you, how do you navigate that? Um, yeah, so I think that's definitely something that is one of uh, the biggest challenges for me. I just don't let my mind go there. Sure. Um, but that is hard when you're here serving in ministry, knowing that, you know, somebody can just go and look you up. And unfortunately, like, there's just nothing that can be done about that because you sign your rights away when you yeah. um, before you film the scenes. But it has been thrown in our face. And I'll let Richard so many share times. Oh, yeah. my gosh a litany of times like 
one guy got on my Facebook, you know, did a photo of her and said, you're going to marry the, before we, when we were dating, you're going to marry this whore for the rest of your life. You know, I remember Mm -hmm. when we went on our first date, somebody literally sent us a photo of her past and I was like, oh my gosh. And she's like, what is it? And I showed her the photo and she's like, oh my gosh. Like, ah, but you know, what's, what's so crazy is Brian is that when that does happen to us, which happens often, it doesn't even bother us. Not anymore. Not anymore. When we were dating, it did because we were practicing purity. So that bothered me. Because I'm like, you haven't even yeah. seen me. Well, bothered you, and but it didn't <laughs> affect me though. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't affect me really. I'm like, okay, whatever. And the reason for it is because I accepted what she's done in her past. Mm-hmm. I truly believe the reason why people don't get over this past hurdle is because they still haven't accepted what they have done in their past. Mm. So whenever that comes up, it's like, oh, uh, uh. so you can't really bring that change. And when it, when it happened to us, since I accepted it, since I talked about it, it no longer affects me anymore. And I truly believe if we are going to be people that are literally going to not get hurt nor offended by you know, our partner's past, we have to learn to accept it and understand that they're a product of God's grace. And in all honesty, um, whenever somebody does send it to me, for me, it's a reminder of God's grace because I'm like, wow, God, like, thank you. Thank you for allowing this person to send me this because it's a reminder of what you brought my wife out of. And we will continually glorify your name, talk about your goodness, talk yeah. about your grace, because this is a reminder of what you brought my wife out of so thank you so yeah, well, yeah it doesn't yeah it doesn't uh really affect us but yeah so well, i, I appreciate your that. courage on that because i can only imagine how how difficult that can be but oh yeah it yeah it, it's it's challenging it's challenging too i remember this one time like my dad was like a f- friend of my dad's would watch my wife's videos so just wow. imagine how awkward that conversation was with my dad and i'm like oh my god so i had to literally help my dad like with this conversation to kind of like talk him through it. So if anybody asks, you know, Mm -hmm. so it gets awkward, but it doesn't affect us. Wow. Wow. Way to go guys. That's so awesome. I guess just, just lastly, um, just as we're kind of closing up here, like pornography has, has infiltrated so much of our culture today. Like we don't, we live in a pornographic culture. It's not just like pornography is part of the culture our culture is so saturated with it. And, and I guess like, what would you guys say to the man or woman who feels like there's no way to escape this and to live free? Yeah. What I would tell them is first, you're not the only person who's battling this. You're not the only person who, who's battling this and understand that God doesn't condemn you. And he doesn't bring shame on you. That is not from our heavenly father. Romans 8, 1 says that there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But I would tell him is this, is that you cannot do this fight alone. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this fight alone. When we go and we lean on ourselves, we will fall in this area. And this is where we need to do life together because we're better together. You know, my wife and I always say where there's you know great... Um, when we have great accountability, we have greater stability. Mm. And if we're going to be able to conquer this area in our life and tackle pornography, we need to do it together. And I know sometimes 
talking to somebody about it is hard, right? Telling, you know, your friend, a leader, your pastor, hey, you know, I'm battling with porn. But um, truth is, what's a lot harder than that is allowing that to affect your everyday life. So if you're struggling with that, you know, man, or you're a woman, because women do struggle with porn, you know, statistics say it's over 30% right now that women do struggle with porn. But understand, you're not alone. Understand mm-hmm. that God's grace is sufficient and we're here together. And um, if you have nobody to talk to, well, guess what? You have a friend right here to talk to. My wife and I, Ryan, we're here for you. We'll Absolutely. do whatever it takes to help you to be able to battle this because you know what? Being free from porn is possible because all things are possible with Christ. Come on. Well, Brittany, Richard, you guys are just absolute legends. This has been such a joy to talk with you guys. I so appreciate your vulnerability, honesty, transparency. It's uh, I'm, I know for a fact this is just going to be uh, so so beneficial for our listeners. So thank you again for doing this. It's been such a joy to have you on. Oh, oh it's our pleasure. Thanks so much for having us. And uh, don't forget to connect me with your wife. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that homeschool rock in here. Yes, yes, come on. Dude, you're awesome. I swear we can talk to you all night, man. This is just <laughs> an incredible conversation. We love you. Thank you so much. It's, it's so crazy how fast an hour can go by. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, wait, we're done already? Like, man, we got more to talk about. But, you know, <laughs> Brian, whenever you need us, you know, we're here for you, man. We love you. I uh, love you too, brother. Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, if you're listening here today and you just totally resonate and witness with a lot of what was being talked about, Maybe you're kind of in the middle of a journey out of shame and wondering what the next step is, or maybe you never realized that, wow, you've been living in shame from your past. I want to let you know that that Richard and Brittany and everyone here at the union are dedicated to helping people uh, walk out of shame and walk into God's redeeming power. And so I want to let you know that today God's redemption is for you, that no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. God's grace and his love is available for you. And we would love to be part of that journey, love to be part of that next step for you. Uh, I'm going to put all of Brittany and Richard's uh, contact information in our show notes so you can reach out to them. I encourage you to check out triplexchurch.com and uh, we will also put a uh, link to their 14-day marriage devotional, Fresh Fire, uh, for you to check out. If you benefited from this today, we would love it if you would uh, subscribe and give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to uh, this podcast on. It just helps us to be seen by more people and helps us to get God's message of redemption out to the world around us. We love you so much, and we will see you next time here on the Union Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope your life was impacted greatly. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you please email us at podcast at theunionmovement.com. For more information, visit our website, theunionmovement.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram with the handle at theunionmovement.com.